I was motivated by it. My mom, she was going through a divorce and, you know, things, you know, I watched my mom. She, she's been very successful all her life. And to see my mom um, uh, just struggle a little bit, it kind of motivated me to uh, to want to step up and, you know, just put everything on my shoulders and uh, man up. Welcome to The Distillery, where we talk to entrepreneurs, innovators, and rule breakers about the challenges they face and ultimately overcome. I'm Summer Solomon, host of The Distillery Podcast, and today I'm very excited to welcome Larry Morrow to the show. Welcome, Larry. No, I appreciate you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I've heard a lot about Morrow's. I haven't gotten down yet, uh, but I will. Um, but we're going to get to that, more to that later. Um, it's the distillery, so, you know, we like to, to dive deep um, into our founders and entrepreneurs' journey. So I'm excited to go back to the start um, and talk with you about your journey and, and kind of how you got here. So I know that you um, started off um, as a club promoter. Is that right? Yep. Tell me about tell me about what that was like. Uh, so I started off doing events at like twenty years old. I did a birthday party and I made a a good amount of money. So uh, at that point, I'm like, dang, I can make money doing this. But prior to being a club promoter, I had a clothing line called Chump Change. Mm-hmm. It's a t-shirt brand that a lot of people used to uh, you know wear throughout New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was real popular, and um, when I did this party, I was like the birth of Larry Morrow, and um, I saw I can make money, party with my friends, and have a good time, so I ran with it. Mm-hmm. You know? How'd you get into that? Oh, uh, well, that birthday party, after I made that money, yeah. it, was, it was on. Yeah? You, know, you like, knew you, you were on to something? Yeah, I was on to something. You know, I was 20 years old, and I made $11,000 that uh, I had to split between me and my friend. We rented mm-hmm. out the venue, had no idea that we were going to make this much money, but mm-hmm. uh, it worked out for us. And after that, I decided to, uh, you know, just start doing it more. And um, it worked out for me. How long ago was that? So right now I'm 27. That was when I was 20 years old, so seven years ago. Okay. So, yeah. So you've been you've been in it for a minute. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, you grew up here in New Orleans. Grew up here right? in New Orleans right there in the 7th Ward. Um, I played ball for Stallings. That's where um, the birth of all of this happened. You know, my book and everything. My mm-hmm. book pretty much takes place right there at... Uh, Dorio's House of Style, mm-hmm. that's right there in Gentilly by the fairgrounds. And that's where me and my friends, we would come uh, to shoot dice. Mm-hmm. We would shoot dice, that's like a hobby of, of ours as kids. And uh, we shot dice, you know, pretty much all our lives. And it's something that kept us out of trouble, something that helped me become numb to risk. Um, that's why my book is called All Bets on Me, The mm-hmm. Risks and Rewards of Becoming an Entrepreneur, because I learned a lot from those risks. And um Gambling and, and risk is something that, that I love. You know, I love to take those risks. Yep, and um, we're going to get to all bets on me too. Um, but I want to hear more about what that was like um, growing up because I know that you uh, were working to support your family. Mm-hmm. Um, can, you, can you talk to me about that? Right, so uh, can you repeat the question, please? Yeah, of course. So um, I know um, that you were working a lot of, you were working odd jobs, working basically just, you know, doing whatever you had to do to survive um, and to help support your family. Um, I read that, um, so your your father was absent. Yep. Um, and your mom and your sister? My mom, sister? my sister, and my grandmother. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me about what, what, what was that like? Because I feel like um, we talk about, you know, the, the, what people have to do, especially uh, young men, to support their families um, in this case. But we don't really talk about what that's like and right. what the toll that that can, that, that can have on a young person. So can, can you talk to me just about the background? So uh, 
at like 20 years old. Uh, so I, I went to Tulane. I went to Tulane. Um, I was working two jobs. I was 20 years old, and um, I was a lifeguard from eight to four. And I did valet from five to eleven. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you know, life takes you on this roller coaster. Like my family was experiencing some, uh, uh, you know, high moments, down yes. moments, and uh, I was motivated by it. my mom. She was going through a divorce, and you know, things. You know, I watched my mom. She she's been very successful all her life, and to see my mom um, uh, just struggle a little bit, it kind of motivated me to uh, to want to step up and. You know, just put everything on my shoulders and uh, man up. So me being the only man of three women, I was inspired by it. So I quit. Um, one day, uh, I was in class at Tulane, and the professor told me he was like, "Mr. Morrow, can you repeat what I just said?" And uh, I was daydreaming because I was trying to figure out like, what can I do next? I've always been this entrepreneur, but when my family was going through certain situations, it kind of inspired me even more. So in class, when he was like, "Mr. Morrow, can you repeat what I just said?" I couldn't. So because uh, I was daydreaming and um. You know, I just sat in, uh, in class quiet, and after class, you know, I decided not to go back. I quit both of my jobs and decided to walk out on faith and, uh, you know, start this event business. And, um, you know, it started off slow. I made a few dollars here and there, but it really took off when I decided to really gamble on myself and, um, you know, take bigger risks, you know, and, and it worked out for me. What about what it what was it about what you what your parents went through that inspired you? You said you were you were daydreaming and you were inspired to sort of paint, you know, have a different life for yourself. What what exactly was it? Do, do you remember? Yeah, yeah. So my family um you know, like like I said, I see my mom, she 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 always was successful. My grandmother, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My grandmother, she always owned stores. My um my mother, she owned, you know, things and um to see that transition from going from Having it to not having it and struggling and mm-hmm. being in a position to where you're not able to do something, uh, it motivated me. So, you know, me being the only man, I wanted to throw that upon my shoulders and, and make it work. What kind of um, businesses did your mom have? So my uh, my mom, she had a, she had restaurants. She had, a, a, like, just a, it was mainly restaurants. Oh, she had a mortgage company. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother, she owned, uh, like, grocery stores. Mm-hmm. She owned, like, little beauty marts. And, uh, you know, I come from a background of entrepreneurs. Yeah. So to see what I seen coming up and for things to change just showed me, like, you know, life takes you on this roller coaster and you yeah. got to prepare for these moments. And um, so that's what I've been doing. I've been grinding hard, but uh, preparing for those moments as well because life isn't meant to be pretty. You know, you're supposed to experience experience those, uh, those bumpy roads, and um, I watched it. So, you know, just being motivated by, you know, those uh those up and down moments uh, my family went through. Yeah, I like that you came from a, a family of a woman entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um and and I, and I think your your experience is interesting because you started off, you know, I think younger and you experienced that or you saw that success for yourself and then and then things changed and that gave you a diff- different perspective. Um, so I'm, I'm interested um, to hear. Okay, so you, you're in school, you left, you had that sort of moment of clarity in class. Um, and then where did you go? Where did you go from there? From there, I just started to produce more events. Uh, my first event that I spent money on, I booked Dre Michelle. Dre Michelle, she's a TV rea- uh, reality star. She was on like VH1 Basketball Wives. Mm-hmm. And um, I brought her to New Orleans. I uh, reached out to a manager, my first time booking somebody, bought them to New Orleans. And um, when they touched down in New Orleans, it was her manager and her friends. And they wanted to experience New Orleans. They wanted to get their hair done. At the time, I had a partner. I was 20 years old. My partner was maybe six, seven years older than me. So um, when it came time for it, I'm like, you know what? They're in New Orleans. Let's show them a good time. Let's go half on the hair and nails. 
he didn't want to go half on the hand now, so I paid for it. Went out to dinner later on that evening, told him let's go half. He didn't want to go half, so I paid for it. Mm-hmm. And um, after the trip, they they told me, they were like, you know, out of all the cities you went to, you being the youngest, you took care of us more than anybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all I did was, you know, I was just myself. I didn't do anything extra. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, two weeks later, I ended up flying. They invited me to L.A. I was 20 years old. It was, like, New Year's Eve weekend. So I go out there, and um, they introduced me to a lot of people that I'm building with to this day still, and um, it just showed me the value of relationships. So my mm-hmm. book talks about the importance of relationships mm-hmm. as well. And uh, that showed me so much. And from that moment forward, like, you know, that was, like, my thing. You know, I wasn't just hustling to make money. I was hustling to build relationships. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my success are built off relationships because I've been— you know, I started off using booking agents. You know, I had to call up a number, build a relationship with these guys who I don't know sending my money mm-hmm. to book an artist. And sometimes, you know, I lost out on money by sending it to, you know, to these booking agents and— uh, and it was more like scams, but when I found one good booking agent, I used him to, you know, uh, book these artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, book these artists. And when they came, I built these relationships. And and over the course of seven years, I built so many relationships to where, like, I can call these people, you know, follow myself, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because it takes time to build yeah, those yeah, relationships, right? So, so, so my black book is pretty strong. <laughs> my black book is pretty strong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, yeah, because, you know, I feel like people may see where you are now um, and see the the features and, and the followers and, and what, you know, what what you may have it. But that it takes time. It takes, oh, it takes a lot of time. It's not an overnight thing. And people think success happens overnight. Like, I remember just daydreaming of thinking about things that I wanted for me and myself and my family. And, you know, it took seven years and many failed attempts in order to get to where I'm at right now to where... I'm able to create that stability for my family with morals. So, uh, you know, after seven years, I'm finally there. But I had several attempts. Like, I owned a, a Larry's Po' Boys and Wings when I was 23. Mm-hmm. That was a spot I opened up on Canal Street. Again, another um, opportunity that I wanted to create stability for my family. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. Had to shut down five months later. Uh, I lost out a lot of money from investing into that. And um, it's crazy to be here five years later and owning a restaurant that has— um, you know, gotten a lot of attention over the, po- over the course of the last five, six months. Yeah, let's talk about you. You've had some special um, guests at yeah. Morrow's. Um, yeah. Tell me about it. How's it going? Oh, it's going amazing. Um, uh, I told my mom when it opened up, I said, just watch. You know, like, this is going to be amazing. And, you know, I mean, it's easy to say things like that, but then to see it when it opened up, like, it's been nonstop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been nonstop. We had, like, for Essence Fest, we had a four- or five-hour wait to get in, and mm-hmm. um, people actually waited four or five hours to get in. And, uh, you know, it's just been a blessing just to see the transition from the little kid who had a restaurant at 23 years old and lost out on his investment to be, you know, five years later, this restaurant is complete opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's it's doing well. Like, Drake came through, uh, Karuchi, Nisi Nash, Machine Gun Kelly— Nicole Murphy, Tiana Taylor, like the, there's so many people. Like the list, I can sit here for thirty minutes and <laughs> and, and, uh, and name the amount of people that came through. But you know, a lot of local support too. You know, a yeah. lot of friends, a lot of family. Um, you know, I've, I've done events my whole life, and I built up a lot of relationships. A lot of I built a, a brand and a reputation for for producing nice events and hospitality, taking care of people when they come to the city. So. You know, before Drake was in a restaurant, I had Drake hosting my party. Mm-hmm. Before uh, Floyd Mayweather was in a restaurant, I had Floyd Mayweather hosting my party. So, 
uh, these are relationships that, you know, uh, grew over the years. And now that I have the restaurant, you know, it's only right. Yeah, it's only right. You know, you talked about uh, hospitality. I feel like that first move that you um, made really set you up for for yeah. success is, you know, showing people just being who you were, being, uh, you know, a, a, imagine a New Orleans New Orleanian, being hospitable, showing yeah. people, taking care of people when they come, and you know, here you are doing that today on a on a big scale. Yeah. Um, so it is New Orleans. Tell us about the menu, because you know we all about food here. Right. Yeah. So the uh, the menu, we have a lot of New Orleans dishes, from the char oysters to the uh, crab claws. To the uh, we add a little Asian infusion because mm. my family's from Korea, so we have like the lettuce wraps with an Asian sauce on it. We have bimbi bop, which is a rice bowl with a bunch of different uh, vegetables and meat with an egg on top. We have a uh, you know Korean barbecue, but we also have like the New Orleans dishes like the Cajun crawfish pasta topped with catfish, from the redfish to the you know anything you can eat in New Orleans, we pretty much have. <laughs> <laughs> We definitely have, yeah. So it was a blessing just to be in this position at 27 years old, uh, you know, uh, owner of Morrow's. I produced events for, you know, seven years now. Mm-hmm. Been able to bring a, a gang of people and learn from my past experiences, you know, um, learn from uh, gambling, you know, becoming numb to risk and becoming of age uh, to gamble in the casino. Like at one point in my life, you know, I was addicted. You know, I never did any drug in my life. But I gambled in the casino, and I felt I knew what it felt like to be addicted to something, hmm. because I would spend uh, for two years straight. I would spend, um, you know, like ten hours a day in the casino, so uh, I would lose my money. And one night, I lost a large amount of money. Mm-hmm. So uh, I lost thirty five thousand one night, and uh, that changed everything. You know, from that moment forward, I'm like, you know what? I gotta stop gambling on the game where the odds are against me, and start gambling on myself where the odds are more in my favor. Mm-hmm. And that was Larry Morrow event, something I knew much more about, something that I knew. The odds were more in my favor. Mm-hmm. Like, I know more about this event and what my projections are versus what's underneath that card on that blackjack table. Yeah. So when I started to invest in myself, uh, that's when things started to take off. You know, I had a partner at the time. We decided to go our separate ways, and, um, you know, things took off. You know, that's when I started to book all these people, book Drake, book Diddy, and just start to gamble on myself, man. Make, take those risks and... You know, like I said, I shot dice as a kid coming up, and me and my friends, we had these big dice games. And, you know, I know what it's like to lose money. You know, it's, it's not a good feeling, but over time, when you lose money enough, you become, you know, it doesn't affect you as much as it does, as much as it did when you first, you know, lost that first dollar. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my endurance built for a lot of that. And um, pretty much between the casino and uh, just my past experience, it taught me so much and put me in the position I am right now because... I've been knocked down from the restaurant to the casino to uh, other investments to where, you know, now I'm in a position to where, you know, I, you know, I, I invest in real estate to not experience experience those uh, moments again. Mm-hmm. I invest in, uh, you know, a lot of different things. I have the book, you know, so I think for all entrepreneurs, it's important to diversify your portfolio uh, because when you put all your eggs in one basket, you know, uh, I've seen it with family, friends. You see everything come down at once, but if you diversify it, mm-hmm. you know, you're able to maintain and stay afloat because, you know, the market going to shift no matter what industry you're in, whether it's uh, homes, like you renovating homes and flipping them, or whether you're in a restaurant business or the event business, you know, it definitely will change. Um, how did you overcome that addiction? Because that's a, that's a lot of money right. to so lose my mom, in one night. My mom was always a gambler. 
she was always a gambler. So I get that gambling from, yeah. I guess, my mom. But my best friend, Cliff, he taught me how to shoot dice as a kid. And something that I knew and I was very familiar with. And when I lost all that money and I was, like, broke, I didn't have no money. I had to figure it all out again. I was young, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to experience it at 23. But, uh, like, I call 2013 the best worst year of my life <laughs> because I lost so much, but I learned so much more. Um I felt like it was God humbling me. Mm -hmm. It was definitely a humbling experience because I got knocked down, and um, I told God, like, you ever give me another opportunity, I would take advantage of this and not be, uh, you know, drinking, partying, you know, casinos, just doing all the things that's so toxic to you. So that moment when I walked out the casino, it was just like I felt empty. You know, I didn't want to experience that, and I knew I was trying to help myself and my family. I got friends graduating from college and doing all that. I decided to drop out. So I'm like, you know what? I cannot be the person who, uh, you know, just I, I had to do something with myself. So um, And I had a lot riding on. I had my family depending mm -hmm. on me. So I decided to just make that move and just, you know, leave it alone. I haven't gambled since. Well, I gambled, but not in the casino. Okay. So I may, <laughs> I, I may go gamble on some basketball, some games or whatever, but if I, like, that casino is what I was addicted to. Yeah. But you're not putting up $35,000. No, I'm not gambling. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I'm I'm gambling in the business that I'm in, the industries I'm in, like, yeah. whether I'm buying this house or, you know, how I gambled on a restaurant okay. or these events. I'm constantly gambling every day. Entrepreneurial gambles. Yeah, you got to. Like, this year, <laughs> entrepreneur is a person who jumps off a cliff and builds a plane on the way down. Yeah. You know, it's a person who takes that leap of faith, and that's yes. what I do. And I see that's in your blood. You you said earlier um, your family is Korean? Yeah, my mother and my grandmother's from Korea. So then they immigrated to New Orleans? Yeah, they came uh, my, um They moved to Chicago, then moved to New Orleans. My mother was born out there, spent her first, I think, 10 years of her life out in Korea. Now we're down here and, uh, you know, trying to make it happen. Well, you know, like the story of so many immigrants in this country, uh, entrepreneurship is really a necessity um, sort of finding your own way here. Um, so I see how that has, has uh, it's in your DNA. Yes, 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 yes. Um, speaking of gambling, all bets on me. Can you tell me a little bit about the book? What can we expect? So All Bets on Me, it talks about um, how I made that transition from a kid to now a 27-year-old entrepreneur, and I realized that the best bet I could ever place is on myself mm -hmm. um, because in life, you know, we tend to uh, we gamble on things, people, uh, but we forget to gamble on ourselves. And I think that's important. You know, in life, when you want to, you know, uh, grow and uh, you're an entrepreneur, like you have to take those risks. And a lot of people, they aren't risk takers. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, um, everybody's not meant to be a risk taker. For me, it worked for me. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, it's not meant for everybody to take risks, but I think it's been a big part of my growth. Um, you know, so my book just talks about a lot, like my journey, my family, the things me and my mom went through, uh, my struggles, me being in class, me gambling, me um, just talked about everything from that teenager to now and um, you know, all the things I learned through that, through that journey. Why did you write this book? Um, I wrote this book uh, so I always wanted to express myself. Like, at a, like, as a kid, me and my friends, we tried to come out with a rap group and everything. I just couldn't rap. I was the only person that couldn't rap. So uh, that's something I always wanted to do. But then years later, I find myself sitting at a table with my publicist, and I'm like, idea popped in my head. Like, yo, I want to write a book. And I never in my life wanted to write a book. Mm -hmm. And I told my publicist what it was about, and he was like, you know what? Yo, that's a good, good idea. And I hate to sit on ideas and you know, dwell on them. Like, you know, the moment we got up from that table, 
we started working on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was to kind of get rid of that stigma. Like, everybody, like, Larry the promoter. Like, I was a promoter guy. But I looked at myself as much more than that. That mm-hmm. was before, like, I really considered myself an entrepreneur. I was just pretty much doing events. But, um, you know, I had that stigma on me. Like, I was just a promoter. And I looked at myself as much more than a promoter. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I always just dabbled in a little bit of everything. What would you say to a young Larry? A young Larry. A young Larry. What would I say to a young Larry? I would tell him stay consistent because a lot of people, they get knocked down, they fail at something, and they quit. Um, if I if I decided to quit when I got knocked down, I wouldn't be where I'm at because I've been knocked down plenty of times. And um, I've been through a lot, you know, a lot of things that I haven't spoke about. But um, I think you got to stay consistent and, you know, you know, pray a lot. You know, I prayed, you know, when... Um, when I realized that, you know, I was the way I was living, I had to switch it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I decided to pray more and just do things differently. And that's when things started to work out for me. Like, I got a lot closer to God and, um, you know, just put my faith in the right places. I worked hard and um, I prepared. You know, I seen, I seen so many people, you know, like I said, go through this roller coaster. Like, you got to prepare for those opportunities. And now, now that I'm prepared, you know, I spend every day preparing when I'm running, when I'm uh, just like getting my mind right, getting my body right, whatever. It's not just to get fit, you know. It's to spend time thinking and just trying to, you know, just connect. And um, I prepare for it. So a lot of people miss out on opportunities because they're not prepared. Mm-hmm. And if you spend your time getting prepared, when it comes, you won't miss out on it. And people wonder why when things get presented to them, they're not ready for it. But did you spend time preparing for it? And with me, man, I stay up all day, all night. I get my rest, but you know, I spend seven days a week working uh, to prepare for whatever's to come. And um, I would suggest any young entrepreneur to do the same, you know, prepare for it because you don't want to miss out on those opportunities because sometimes they don't come again. Speaking of the things that are untold that, you know, you haven't spoken about, um, those are the things, you know, we tend to... Um, uncover, try to on the distillery. <laughs> um, you know the 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 tough stuff. Um, what what is the most difficult thing you've experienced as an entrepreneur so far? Um, you still you know early in your journey, but I wouldn't even say just as an entrepreneur. I would say as a young black man in New Orleans. Like yes, tell me growing up in the streets of New Orleans is not easy. Uh, you know, I got friends, a lot of my friends incarcerated and, you know, to stay focused through all of that is tough, you know, cause we're, society pulls us, pulls at us and, um, you know, uh, it teaches us that we got to have the nice watches, the nice cars, the baddest woman, but you know, that's not really what it's all about. You know, it's about, you know, doing things right, you know, getting things in order because, you know, a lot of young men, they get pulled into the streets. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I mean, I may have been there before in my life when I was a teenager, but, you know, like, I got a lot of friends who's incarcerated for things that they've done, you know, as, as teenagers and or years ago. And um, I think it's important that you stay focused because you don't want to be sucked in by the streets. You know, I, I'm sure if anybody who's incarcerated had a chance to do it over again, mm-hmm. they would choose to go a different route, you know. And, um, you know, like I said, a lot, I think a lot of young men, especially in this city, experience things like that, you know, um, but I think it's just important to stay focused. What does that mean to be, what's the experience like to be a young black man in New Orleans? Because I feel like people, you you may hear that, but don't really understand what that means. What has that been like? Right, what so is, growing up in the Seven Ward is like, uh, 
you know, right now I'm 27, so we speak, what, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. You know, I've done things and um, just done things, you know, being a kid, you know, not realizing, like, what you're doing. Like, when I look back at my old self, I'm like, boy, you were stupid. <laughs> but, you know, th- those experiences mold you and make you realize, you know, certain things in life. But, uh uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> but what's it really like? What's it really like? I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know what I mean? A lot of kids selling drugs, getting shot. You know, when you when you hear when you watch the news and you hear about people getting killed, it's pretty much it's, it's majority minorities, you know, it's it's the urban community. Uh when you hear about uh drugs and all of this stuff, who is it? You know, so uh, you know, a lot of these kids are experiencing it and it's crazy. I was driving a Martin Luther King yesterday morning. And I saw a mother at like nine. It was between. It was like nine twenty-one. I remember looking at the time. I saw a mother walking her kids to where I don't know what they had their school bags on, and her mom, their mother looked like she was on drugs. And I'm like, damn, these two kids don't even know. They probably was like six. Mm-hmm. They don't even know like what's going on right now. But their mother's on drugs. They're not in school at nine twenty-one in the morning. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on right yeah. here? Like, you know. So a lot of kids are exposed to. Uh, in an urban community, are exposed to so much, you know, and um, it's crazy. Like, you no, know, right there, that that determines a lot, you know. Like, at that age, you're seeing all this going on. Your mom going through drugs. Like, where would these kids be ten years from now? You know, would they have the right guidance to get them in the right positions? You know, mm-hmm. so I think that's important. Um, that you know, things like that get talked about, and um, you know, I mean, of course, I wish we can come up with more solutions mm-hmm. for it, but it isn't that easy. Mm-hmm. I know, because I'm sitting here listening to you and thinking to myself, like, okay, what can we do different? Because right. I'm, I'm always, you know, trying to think, okay, what's our, our part in this? We might not be able to, to change everything on a whole, but what can each of us individually do right. to, to move us forward? Yeah, when I saw those kids walking, like, yeah. 921 in the morning, yeah. like, walking with their mother, and their mother was on drugs, mm-hmm. it just was like, wow, you know? Yeah. What's next? Yeah, what's next? So, I mean, you know, a lot of people are exposed to a lot of things, and, um, uh, you know, that changes a lot, you know, the way they grow up, you know, the, uh, who they may become, you know? Mm-hmm. So Do I you think, consider yourself lucky? Uh, I, like, I, I didn't grow up poor. I didn't grow up. Uh, my mom took great care of me and my mm-hmm. sister. Um, I do consider myself lucky because a lot of things that you know, we were doing as kids weren't, you know, weren't angels, you know. I don't think no teenager. I think every teenager experienced something, mm-hmm. whether it's drugs or you know abusing drugs or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never abused drugs. I never used drugs. Mm-hmm. But that's not something that I got caught into. But it's a lot of things around me that could have hindered me from being here today. Uh, so you know, like I said, I grew up with a group of friends, and a lot of my friends are incarcerated right mm-hmm. now. Uh, that's things I don't really talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really care to talk about that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, what I mean. <laughs> we we all go yeah. through things in life. Okay, we won't go we there yeah. today. Yeah, not but, today. <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> so we uh, always ask all of our guests what their mantras are, words that Larry's living by. What's what's Larry's mantra these days, words that you're living by? What is it I'm living by? Um, hmm. I definitely... but. Um, I mean, all bets on me. There was like all bets on me. So definitely, that's my uh, my mantra. So, um, but I always like I, I always encourage people to like you know put God first because uh, I went through my tough times in life and a lot, a lot of people have and um, 
I think when we keep our faith in the right places, we get a great outcome. You know, and sometimes it doesn't come when we want it to, mm-hmm. but believe it will come. So I think it's important to uh, you know, gamble on yourself, all bets on you, but also, you know, prioritize, keep your faith in the right places. And um, as long as you do that, I think, you know, everything will happen out, happen the way it's supposed to. I like that, especially as an entrepreneur, because I feel like the self-doubt can be debilitating. So reminding yourself that all bets on you. Yeah, you got to get up and grab life by its nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Like I tell people, man, you really got to wake up and go get it. Like I wake up in the morning sometime, don't know what I have planned for the day, Mm -hmm. but I know I got work to do. And in order to achieve the things I want out of life. I know I have to work a lot harder than most people will work. So, um, you know, the only thing that can stop me at this point is God. You know, if God decided to call me home today, that's probably the only thing that can stop me from reaching my, my, my full potential. Yes. Larry Morrow, so good to talk with you. No, I appreciate have you. you having me. All right. So tell us, uh, tell our listeners, where can they find the book, All Bets on Me? My book is at Barnes and Nobles. It's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. It's on. Uh, you can go to www.larry-morrow m o r r o w dot com, um, and you can come eat at my restaurant Morrow's twenty four thirty eight Saint Claude. Um, uh, or you can come to one of my events. <laughs> Check that out at Larry um, com. I love it. Pick up a book, then go grab yourself a meal, and then get the night going. party. (laughs) Perfect. Because it wouldn't be New Orleans without a little party. It's so good to talk with you, uh, Larry Morrow. Thank you for being on the show. Um, And if you want to hear more stories or read more stories like entrepreneurs um, like Larry, check out thedistillery.life. That's it. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.